This is Conducting Business. I'm Naomi Lewin. In 2010, the pianist Dejan Lazic got a mildly critical review of a recital in Washington, D.C., but somehow it stuck. It's the second item that comes up when you Google his name after his own website. Now he wants it permanently removed from the search engine under the European Union's new right-to-be-forgotten ruling. The review is by Washington Post classical music critic Anne Majette. It described Lazic's performance as technically well-played, but a little superficial. Here to talk about this are the two parties involved, Dejan Lazic and Anne Majette. Welcome to you both. Thanks for having me. Dan, you have probably gotten a lot of reviews in your career. Why do you want to see this particular one removed from Google? Well, this is exactly my point. I've been on stage now for 25 years, and as every performing artist knows, we all get, you know, good reviews, bad reviews, uh, reviews that are somewhere in between. And uh, I have to say at this point that I really never, you know, commented or complained about a bad review. So this issue is not about bad review being removed from uh, Google search engines. Uh, This is, I think, really about a bigger, broader case. And uh, I was wondering how can it be that, you know, outdated review from 2010, doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. In this case, in my opinion, it is, well, slightly defamatory. And uh, I'm just wondering uh, how can it be that uh, we still are subject to such data hierarchy, you know, where a review can just um, stick out there, you know, uh, in a cyberspace like a wart on one's chin. And even now, after four years, it's been uh, among top five or ten in some countries. Well, has this review uh, actually been damaging to you? Do you feel like you've lost work as a result of it? Well, it is very hard to tell, you know. I mean, at at this point of my career, I am uh, somewhat beyond, you know, dependency on a good or bad reviews. And, uh, you know, I don't think that a necessarily good review will help me getting more concerts or more attention and a bad review would be damaging. But this is, again, not part of my point. My point is, for instance, there have been many reviews from other big papers, New York Times, Chicago Tribune, London's Guardian. You know, some of them have been reviewed in 2011, 12, 13, you know. And after a while, they got downgraded to page 2, 3, 4, 5 on Google search engine. But this one not. And this is my, you know, ultimate question. Why is this review under results after so many years? And what triggered it to go, you know, from web news to web results? Isn't your complaint really with Google rather than with the Washington Post? Oh, um, definitely. I know this is about Google. And that's why on my statement on my website, I did have to point out that by my approaching Washington Post, I have merely used the new European Union's court ruling as a pathway, you know, as a method just to mention, look, I did not contact Europe Google. So until this very moment, I did not contact Google Europe and ask for removal. We can, of course, discuss whether it's defamatory or not. I mean, uh, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Let me bring in now the person who has had the opinion, and Majette. <laughs> you actually mixed praise with criticism in this review, but the headline is maybe stronger. The headline reads, Sparks But No Flame. 
Of course, no critic writes their own headline, but I'm sure there are things in the review that Mr. Lazic didn't enjoy reading, as as he made clear. And I completely sympathize with that. I mean, I think I think there's an interesting point here about how things linger on the internet and what determines what review lingers. But I, as a Washington Post employee, certainly can't unfathom the mysteries of Google. And I know that The Post and The Times and most big newspapers have devoted a lot of energy to trying to game Google however they can. Um, so there's there's an interesting case in this Wild West internet world we have where we're all trying to look at what makes a review linger, what makes something come up high, what makes something not come up high. And I'm not sure that even the Washington Post has an answer of that. I mean, the issue seems to be that Mr. Lazic has expressed so far that the review has hung around and there's this data hierarchy, which is a really interesting point. I don't understand why you then approach the Washington Post to get it taken down because the Post, of course, is not going to take it down where there was a better chance that you might have effect or some push with Google and the argument is really more with Google. And you will find no argument from me that it is very difficult for artists often to read their reviews. I must say at this point that I've written a letter to the editor of Washington Post in mid-September of this year, stating my various points, but have not mentioned this new European Union's court ruling. This letter was ignored. Only after I used this EU law, I got attention from Washington Post. And, and Dayan, can I just... You. Can I just say that in using that law, some media commentators have said that you are basically advocating censorship by saying that anybody should be able to determine what is public record with regard to themselves. How do you respond to that? Well, um, uh, look, of course, there are no easy answers. And I think basically we really should go from case to case here. And of course, then one could ask who is there to determine what is defamatory, uh, what is mean-spirited, what is outdated or simply irrelevant. You know, is it only, you know, when there is a scandal um, uh, or scandalous pictures in the press by someone? But I mean, just today I've read in Washington Post another article stating, and I mean, talking about this issue. Doesn't everybody deserve a second chance, you know, and uh, let's say you have a, you've been convicted and you've, uh, you know, you, you served your sentence and uh, you are maybe a better human being now and you uh, regret and apologize for whatever crime. That okay, that but this been. is, this is not a crime. This is not a conviction. No, Nobody has convicted course. anybody here. And in fact, there is really, when it comes to playing a recital, there is no absolute truth involved. It's one person's opinion versus another. Yes. Who decides is what is the truth but, in a you know, this I mean, this is the beauty of the web, that, that it should give us some sort of, you know, uh, variety. And not, you just mention the truth because I mentioned the truth. But if one Googled my name for four years now, the first review would be a truth that Miss Mijet wrote about my playing. And so uh, it is very easily being mistaken by the truth because, of course, you know, people are being influenced by Google. Well, I mean, a review is something that I write about a single concert for the benefit of the readers and the artist can become, I mean, I write for the public, not for the artist. And how the artist sees it is 
obviously what's really at issue here. My understanding from your response on your website was that the issue was about the particular toxicity of, in your words, this review and the question of whether a reviewer should be allowed to sort of run off at the mouth unchecked without anybody doing anything about it, um, which is another separate issue from the issue we're discussing right now, but which is which is a legitimate issue. The question of a review is, in my belief, to foster the kind of discussion that has now happened. A review should never be seen as a universal truth, but the reviewer cannot control, of course, how the review is read. I wouldn't have seen this review as mean-spirited or defamatory, but I can't control the fact that you, the pianist, saw it that way, nor can I say that you were wrong to see it that way, because we all are left with these various interpretations of our own truths and our own perceptions. Um, and, for better or worse, that becomes a matter of record. And Dan mentioned an article in the Washington Post, and your colleague, Caitlin Dewey, wrote a long column defending the Washington Post's right to have its content appear on Google. Google is a privately held company with its own proprietary system of deciding what appears where in a search. How do you argue that this represents the public record? The question of what Google is actually representing is part of what we're actually debating here, I think. And I think that's the question that Dayan is bringing up. All of us in the public eye have certainly had challenging things written about us. Um, and now Dayan and I are going to be linked forever in this kind of standoff and, you know, of who was more nasty about the other one or who was actually nasty or not nasty. And for better or worse, that's going to be, that's going to come up tops at our Google searches for the foreseeable future. That's a different issue than the issue of, you know, the purpose of a review, the purpose of running a review in the paper. And a newspaper can't be retracting its reviews on the basis of what Google is doing as a privately held company, particularly because Google will change in another two years. You know, that's a that's a very moving target. So you have to have some standards about what the basis of journalism is and what the purpose of running a review in the newspaper is to begin with. Dan and brought up a very interesting point that your names are now forever going to be linked like this because, of course, nothing ever disappears from the internet. Articles that are right. removed may be deleted from the European search engine, but they could still appear in other parts of the world. This is the beauty of the net. So at least now my complaint and my statement will be also linked to Anne's um, review. Until now, in the past four years, I must also say um, uh, hereby, I have not reacted, you know, all these years, believing that maybe even, you know, although I think this is, you know, not really <laughs> helping my image, you know, I don't know, maybe I, as I said, I at least think beyond the point where uh, this could uh, affect my hiring, you know, my, uh, in my career, I mean, beyond this point, but I'm not really sure um, whether that's entirely true. I'm just really suspicious about uh, this data hierarchy, and I'm just really suspicious that although I've been reviewed goodly, badly, um, tepidly in so many other major newspapers in, in the meantime, you know, in America, in Europe, elsewhere, all these reviews well, tend to be removed from the timeline and maybe appear on, on second, third, fourth pages. But this particular review, as I said, stuck there. And this makes me really think, and I raised questions so many times about this data hierarchy, about, you know, how do we create our opinions as readers? You know, I mean, 
mean, so many people are influenced by Google. And if you uh, Google artist's name or public figure's name, of course you're going to be influenced by first page. What well, aren't you now page, going to... Aren't you now maybe going to be concerned that the very first thing that's going to pop up about you in the future is going to be this controversy, even above your website? And I can live easier with that than just to have this particular view being stuck there only without the controversy, without my opinion, you know, because this is what I used to ask. I mean, of course, everybody's entitled to to have an opinion. And I'm more than anybody else for freedom of speech. That's why I said in the past four years, I mean, this was December 2010, we are talking now, we have November 2014. I have neither complained nor commented, like, for instance, Maestro Placido Domingo. He was more than you know, hurt by by Anne's uh, uh, review and statement. I mean, we are talking about, you know, public figure. We are talking about um, singer, musician of the 20th century. And then we just have to ask ourselves, when does a single reviewer have uh, so much power, you know, so much, well, power to influence others and uh, um, so much power to hurt and to I maybe don't... even um, um, scare potential donors of, let's say, National Opera House in Washington or new concert goers. Okay, I I think it's time to let it's time to let Anne respond to this. I I think that any reviewer who thinks that they have that kind of power or who gets lost in the idea of power is making a grave mistake. I don't think a review has the power to influence anybody who's presenting, um, nor should it. That's not the purpose of a review. And I think that decisions on what gets presented on which program are made, first of all, in advance and are made completely independently or based on many, many different factors. And a single review is not going to have the power to do any of that. Furthermore, if a presenter were considering press clips, there is at least one paragraph in that review that is pretty glowing and pretty explicit and how prodigious, I say that you were prodigiously gifted, and I described some of the dazzling technical effects of the playing, and a good PR agent could pull that paragraph out and hand it to any presenter I'm so in glad, the world. I'm so glad you are <laughs> mentioning this, because this was my another point, where uh, in your email also, and now saying this um, uh, to me, you mentioned that good PR agent could actually just extract, you know, uh, quotes from that, and this is not for artists to read, this is just, you, uh, you write uh, reviews for the audience, which um, I understand your point of view. But then again, I think, you know, this is as if I have released a CD and then I tell my audience to uh, listen just tracks two and eight and not really, you know, listen all the other tracks in between. So this is kind of belittling my own profession, you know, and uh, this is uh, well, no, not, I, I mean, if this is, uh, if one says, oh, what I do has anywhere no influence, anyway, no power, then I don't believe in my own uh, profession. But if one writes for such a prestigious newspaper, I think one has to believe that if you are a reviewer in Washington Post or New York Times, you will influence globally people and one will, you know, take some things out out of this. And, you know, another point is my uh, friend of mine just recently, how this all uh, came into existence, uh, Google my name. We haven't uh, seen each other for years. He lives in Sydney and he just wanted to know where am I, you know, at, at this moment. And he saw, oh, Washington Post art. So he thought, oh, I was just recently in Washington because well, he was in Washington as well. You know? and I, was, I was in Washington four years ago. <laughs> right. Uh, and I was going to ask if there's anything that maybe the Washington Post can do by way of appeal, maybe making the dates at the top more visible to get Google to try and sort things like that. 
But I mean, Google is partly determined, I thought, by how many clicks something gets. It's partly driven by popularity, isn't it? I would say as far as believing in the power of what a critic does, I think that it's important that criticism have a strong voice and have a place. And I think that it's better to spark discussion than not. But I think the role of a review and I think the beauty of the Internet we are illustrating right now, because 50 years ago, I could have written a horrible review, a truly horrible review, and you could have hated it and you could have written a letter. But right now, people all over are discussing it and we're talking to each other about it. And that is actually one of the great points of criticism. It's not to inflict my opinion on a group of sheep-like readers who will do my bidding. It's to create a forum for a group of intelligent and interested people to express opinions and discuss. And my review is a starting point for a discussion. And many people have read the review and said, this makes me want to hear him because you've found many things to like. Other people have read it and said, you are a horrible person, uh, evidently, from what you're saying to me. <laughs> um, but, but the but fact you know, is... This is also, can... I mean, in, in the past, a review, horrible review in the past would also be kind of yesterday's newspaper. You know, it would be somewhere in the archives of Washington Post. And um, yes, nobody could react to it openly, publicly, like I did now. But also nobody could have been reading it for four years, you know, on, on top of... Uh, well, um, search engine like Google. So, uh, well, as I said, there are no easy you're raising um, an interesting point. I think this is that, you know. that's exactly why I agree that this is an interesting point to discuss because mm. we're in a, mm. a different landscape, and um, right. there is a lot more give and take between the two, mm. you know, sides. And on the other hand, we're also all working for the same goal, which is to love and support music and to further it as best we can. And um, there's a bunch of different factors now with the internet world and some positive and some negative. And if this is a forum for exploring that kind of thing, I think it's a really valuable thing for everybody involved. And I think that's a great place to leave it in that nice sort of yeah. kumbaya moment. Thank you both very much for joining us. And thank you. It was we, a pleasure. Thanks for having us. We will continue to follow this. This has been Conducting Business. Our guests were pianist Dayan Lazic and Washington Post critic Anne Majette. Brian Wise is our producer. I'm Naomi Lewin. Thank you for joining us.